Hi, and welcome to Practice Makes Parent, where we understand it's not about perfection, but about transformation. I'm Dr. Danny Huerta. And I'm Rebecca St. James, and we are tackling a tough topic today, right, Danny? Yes. Entitlement. It's a tough one. Entitlement. This is a big one, and I think a lot of parents will want to tune in to this episode because no parent wants their kids to have a sense of entitlement when it comes to everyday life. We just don't. And for me, it it is actually offensive, I feel, when I see it in my kids, um, especially the big one to me is whining. When I hear <laughs> whining about their very good lives that they have. Oh, come and, on, Rebecca. Um, yeah. Wanting more. Oh, gosh. It drains my energy like nothing else. And I think internally in my head, I'm just going, you kids don't even know how good you had it. You know, um, when I was a kid at you know, nine at my oldest's age, I had four younger siblings and I was second mama and I was doing all the things to help my mama with the house um, and kids and looking after them. Mm. And then at 14, I was cleaning houses and helping contribute to the family when we were going through hard financial times. So I kind of go back to that almost what people used to say about, I walked three miles <laughs> through the snow to get to my little school, you know? No, in adversity, you guys, people would say that. you guys learn a ton. I mean, it, your story you is do. powerful, yeah. Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank yeah. you. But I think helping our kids now um, that have not gone through something like that to understand mm. the world is, is a challenging place and there's a lot of people out there that live with a lot of difficulty. And so maybe, you know, letting them go on some mission trips kind of younger or Mm -hmm. going to a shelter and seeing something different where they kind of actually go, wow, you know, I do have it. I have it good. But also raising the expectations sometimes of my kids and going, you know, they can handle hard things. And I can tell them you can handle hard things and we're not going to be entitled. We're going to be givers. So this is a big, big issue. And I'm so glad, Danny, that we're talking about it today. I am too, Rebecca. It's such an important one. And many times parents will say, Man, my kids are so entitled, and uh, I can relate to that. Sometimes mm. my kids, uh, it's popped out. I think all of us are guilty of of moments of feeling a little entitled, mm. and we just need to be watchful of that. I, we've had plenty of resets in our home. I, uh, the most frequent one is the dishes. Yep. Uh, I've, I've had fun with this one where kids will put the dishes uh, down on the on the counter in the sink, and then I follow it up with, uh, or they leave it on the table. Yep. Like, at times they've done that, and I go, "Hey, I don't. Are you guys going to leave a tip? You think? Uh, <laughs> are does you this look like the this? the Huerta restaurant yes. here? Are you paying for this? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Am I dressed like a waiter? Uh-huh. Is that is that what uh-huh. you guys thought? That's good. Um, we have we have fun. We I might want to use and, that one, and, Danny. Thank you. <laughs> and and so. If you're going to leave a tip, make sure it's a big one because I'm going to I'm going to try to serve well in the home, and I hope that you do as well. Mm. And this is your opportunity to serve by cleaning up after yourself and cleaning up for other people. That's good, and not having other people uh, clean up after you. So that's one. That's a common one for families. One that uh, was pretty recent with my daughter. She put something in the Amazon cart. <laughs> And she just assumed we were going to buy it. She just said, oh, you guys are going to buy me this thing. And mm. I said, wait, let's, let's reset this for a moment, honey. Um, yes. You are now earning money, and this is your opportunity to purchase, which is great. And it costs you something, and you can decide whether or not you want to buy it. It was a good conversation. I went in with a smile and just hugged her, and, and uh, 
I said, I'm, I'm glad you thought that we would just gift you naturally <laughs> like that. We, we want to be generous, but uh, that's a birthday and a Christmas exactly. and other times. <laughs> yes, that's good. So you have it fun well. with it as you're teaching this. This is not about shaming your kids. There's a natural uh, desire to have things, and uh, there is an entitlement mentality that's coming from culture, and you get to set the culture in your home. Yes. So as, as, as parents, let's find ways to give our kids plenty of responsibilities, even from an early age, two years old, they can start helping clean and know that they get to love through their work, that there's nothing bad about working. Uh, And how do you model going to work or even serving in your home? Look for that. What is happening inside of you when you are getting to help others in your home? Uh, When you decide to reset or challenge the message uh, of entitlement, be patient and power through this with your kids. You'll get a challenge from your kids. They'll start to push back at you and say, what? Is this another lecture? Uh, this is an important one. So remember, this change in mindset will be difficult, but it will be actually very fruitful uh, in time. And uh, Rebecca, it reminds me of a couple verses that I'll just uh, share real mm. quickly. Colossians 2.6 says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. It's good. I love that word, abounding in thanksgiving. It's good. We've talked about this scripture a lot in my home, what it means to be alive in Christ. And it begins with a heart of gratitude. Yes. And then Colossians three fifteen and 16, where it says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are called in one body and be thankful. I love that. Right in the middle. And then it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Danny, there's so much gold in there. And I tell you, when I see our kids being thankful for things, and I get that feeling that they're not just expecting it or feeling entitled to it, but they're truly thankful. Um, it is a real blessing as a parent to see that. So encouraging gratitude is, is so important. Thank you for that. And I think this whole issue of entitlement is something that not all parents think about. So being aware of the messages that we're sending our kids, even unintentional ones, is really important. And we have got some great segments coming up. I'm, I'm very excited for listeners to hear. Later on, we'll hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know, how can he encourage his kids to do the chores assigned to them with a good attitude? Mm-hmm. I think every yeah, parent good. right now is going, that's yep, good. yep, yes. that's a good one. I need to hear that. But first, we had a great conversation with Kay Weimer about how she noticed that something needed to change in her family. She's an author, speaker, and podcaster with great thoughts. So let's listen to the conversation that we had with Kay. So let's go to that first question uh, about entitlement. Where do you think an entitlement mentality comes from? Where does that even come from in our kids? That is such a great question, and um, because I think that's a key to call out entitlement. Like, why is it here? How did we get there? Because normally, just born within a human being, I mean, definitely we have selfishness. You know, that's a big part of it. And mm. I think also we tend towards the easiest path with no resistance, and we're going to go for that. And mm. because it seems like that's good and right. And I think added to this whole picture is a cultural trend that has hit us square in the face that actually makes people and parents feel like 
it's the right thing to do to right. pave the road and to make sure there's no pain. And it really started. It's like, how did we get here? It started in the 1940s, at least in the United States, with a child-centric parenting ideology. I remember my mother you know, bumping into well-meaning practitioners that really led that call that you really need to have your home center around your child. And it's the same with even the concept of teens and child labor laws. When we started our experiment, and this was about 12 years ago, when my kids were little and part of one of the things was go get a job. Well, good luck going and getting a job because they wouldn't even give a job to anybody that was under 14. I have a 16-year-old that this summer was really searching because it even had popped up into the things that he enjoys to to having to be 18. So there's so many things that are actually forcing, like culturally, as to not allow people to, you know, grow in independence and the the skills and the abilities that they have that are gifted to them from their creator woven within them. And, uh, and then you have it starting in school, like when they're a little bitty. I mean, you're, mm. you're encouraged to check all your kids' homework before they turn it in the next day, which has so much messaging woven within it and so much pressure because the kids here, they can't do it. And the parents here, you're not a good parent if you don't do it. And here you have these people mm involved in all of this kind of going, what am I supposed to do? This doesn't feel right. But everybody and everything is telling me this is how I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, Kay, I remember uh, when I was coaching my son uh, in basketball, it was one of the, the first teams I uh, was coaching for him in basketball. And we were at the YMCA and I signed him up for the competitive league. I said, hey, yeah, I want them to learn how to how to compete and, yeah. and win and lose. It's such great lessons. And I remember that first game, uh, the lady said, hey, we're not going to keep score. And I said, wait a minute, I signed I signed up for the competitive <laughs> league. And she said, oh, yeah, yes. you know, we, we just don't want to upset the kids uh, oh, it, it, with losing and seeing the score. Oh. And I said, well, can we at least keep score somewhere else so that we can help the kids learn how to navigate losing and failing? And that's so important developmentally, right? And yeah. she said, yeah. well, yeah. That's up to you guys and, and you guys as parents. It totally changed the game. We saw one of the other games and the refs were just walking over to the sideline and the kids didn't really care. Uh, on our court, they were looking at the scoreboard. They were looking at the clock. Yeah. Even the refs were into it. it. It made the game what it needed to be. And that is some people lose, some people win. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And you want to learn how to navigate that. I just remember trying to help our kids and on our team just learn the importance of getting back up, getting standing yes. back up even when you lose, and instead of just uh, earning a win without uh, without any type of of earning it. Yep. And so that's what you're talking about with this: that our culture is giving messages that you don't yep. really have to put in the work uh, in order to get whatever you want, and you deserve all these things. And that that's a tough thing to go up against as parents because it's very pleasure focused. Do you believe that? Yeah, I do. But I, you know, just even in what you're saying, yes, 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 yes. It's like giving a ribbon to everybody. You ruin the ribbon. Like the ribbon means nothing when it's just given to everybody. And it's sort of like, there, these are human beings that are involved in all of this. And we don't have to go far even within ourselves. It's like, who is your favorite teacher? Who is your best coach? Who's your best boss? And on the other side of that is someone who believes in you enough to actually put it on your plate, you know? And the part Mm. that made you feel so bad is when someone would take it back and do it themselves. And so in here's the deal. Is it hard to bump up against you? Yes, 
and no. Because the greatest part in the whole thing of allowing your children to go into these environments where they lose, where they're stretched, where they fail, actually takes atrophied muscles and allows the muscles to strengthen so they can walk and go, which is what all of us want more than anything. And quite frankly, we need it. We need it. And the messaging, the part that killed me at the beginning of this, which let me say, I started it because I was frustrated one morning <laughs> with like all the dishes out and everything. I mean, I mean, one of my kids that morning had said, you know, we were driving to school and we were the meat in a luxury car sandwich where there was a Porsche on our right and a Lexus on our left and a Maserati in front of us. And my kid next to me, he was 14, asked me which one of those cars he thought he was good in, you know, when he got one. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Oh, vomit. Oh, it was so horrible, Rebecca. I was like, wow. who is this? Haven't I told you that serving is always that? You know, all these kinds of things. And I go home and see all the yes. that made and everything. And I was like, something's not right here. And I, and I just, I didn't like it because in that, the kid was asking that question because in his world, as far as he knew, those cars would make him okay. Mm-hmm. What a horrible message for him to have because that's not true. If he gets those things and that's something that really, you know, whatever, put those in their own basket. What was sitting next to me was a human being who was like, what can I do? I know I need to be doing something and I just want to be okay. And here's where this messaging comes, putting meaningful responsibility onto their plate actually puts meat on the words of you can do anything you put your mind to, which is what you yes. hope for, you know, mm-hmm. and yes. it puts respect and compassion and hope on a human being of great worth as we walk alongside each other. And it sends the messaging that's, you know, the silent messaging, which is always so much louder than anything we are saying, you know, I believe you, I think you can do this. And it's in your home. It's free. It's all day, every day. I mean, I'm embarrassed to tell you guys, but last night I was standing next to my 21-year-old son who was making us dinner, chopping, like going through very methodically, chopping up the chicken, and I, he was going a bit slow, and I can't even believe I did this. I mean, he's 21. I stepped in and took over <laughs> and did it for him. And um, and I was like, ew, I got it done because everything else, you know, it was just that whole thing, the beans were ready, the rice was ready, everything, you know, and it was just sort of, and this morning I will be, when he, when he, when I see him today, I'll be apologizing for that as I mm. did last night. I'm sorry because even though I didn't say out loud, you can't do that. My actions were very clear. Right. You're not doing mm. it well enough. I can do it better. Mm. I can do it faster. Speed matters. I mean, it's just like, just for mm. a minute, if you want any incentive to, to hand these things over to your kids, the people that you love that are walking life next to you because the Lord gave them to you, think of the messages that are being sent. And, Mm -hmm. and that to me was all the fuel I needed at the beginning because I realized it very quickly. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that when I Mm -hmm. stepped in, this is what they hear. It's music to my ears, everything that you're saying. I'm so excited about um, this time with you, Kay, because I think it's so need-driven that we address this topic of entitlement. And I'm challenged by it in my own household with our, you know, nine, five, and three-year-olds, you know, just see it popping up. Mm-hmm. And honestly, as a mom, it's very offensive to me. I, You know, I, I moved to the U.S. <laughs> when we were 14, and our family struggled to make ends meet for a couple of years. And, you know, we were cleaning houses, we were babysitting, we were, you know, 
uh, raking lawns and mowing yards at, you know, 14. Some of my siblings were, you know, seven and five and still helping out, you know, and putting all that money into the family pot just so we could survive. And then, and then I began music full time at 16. And so I, and our work ethic was a big deal in our family, you know, just making sure Mm -hmm. that we all knew that we had to pull together in this family to make it happen. And so when I see entitlement or whining or any of this in my kids, it just, it, it, something in me just, it rises up and said, no, this is not right. And this is not good for you kids. You know, I love your book title like this. When I read this title, I'm like, oh my goodness, I love this so much. Cleaning House, a mom's 12 month experiment to rid her house of youth entitlement. Can you tell us about like, what was that moment of, I have to write this book, I have to share this info with other people? Um, what made you even want to do the experiment in the first place? Like, what fueled your passion? Is it similar to mine, like what I'm describing right now? Yes. Yes. Yep. It, it really is. <laughs> Part of it is, like, I was mad. It's like, don't ever make a mom mad because things are changing. <laughs> She's going to do dangerous. something about it. Yes. <laughs> I know. And so um, I was kind of grossed out. So there was that. Hmm. And um, I never intended to write a book. So, you know, there you have that truth. <laughs> I really believe in togetherness. Like, I don't think we're created on this earth to just live life alone and in isolation. And yeah. um, so I had a blog and I just kind of, I, I was frustrated that mom was the car and I was sort of like, I looked around the house going, I think I'm grooming socialism in my house and I don't even believe in it, you know, looking hmm. for the state to serve them. And I just was like, ew. And um, I just kind of methodically for my house went down tasks that I was sort of like, wow, I would like them to know, well, first how to clean up the clutter, you know? And uh, secondly, possibly how to, how the kitchen functions, you know, that their clothes don't magically appear in the, in their drawers, that there is like an activity. (laughs) They don't do that. I know. It's amazing. And, and it was just kind of that like harebrained stuff that I wrote it all down through the line in the sand. I started with a family meeting, sort of like, here's what we're doing. Cause someone had, had encouraged me to do that. If you're going to change something in your house at least include the people, you know, and in yes. that including, it was like, here, here's what we're doing. How do you want to do it? Because the key is them owning it. And by the way, they're smart, they're capable, and they really care, but they also have major self-doubt. They have fears and anxieties. And this is a lot of part of it. It's like, those things are so on the rise in society across the globe, the anxiety, yeah. the fear, all these worries. And and I'm not saying this is the end all be all, but it certainly helps to address these things because you can let them face things that look insurmountable because there's a lot of them, mountains everywhere. And they could be in the form of the task. They could be in the form of just insecurities or fears. And you can mm-hmm. actually have it change from an obstacle to an opportunity just by teaching them what this looks like and how to embrace them. And even mm. what you were talking about earlier, Danny, about failing. Because guess what? Welcome to failure. We all mm. do it. And guess what we do? We get up. We just yeah. get up and go again. Right. I have yeah. one daughter that um, she is a phenomenal cook because here's another little secret that I'll add. You don't have to know or be good at this stuff. I am a terrible <laughs> cook. Um, any plant that comes close to our house should run because it will die instantly. <laughs> it should go up, the other huh? way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I'm terrible. For me, I made kind of a list and these are things that would be helpful to know in life. 
And uh, I looked at about half of them, realizing that I, in fact, am terrible at all of this. Um, it didn't matter. I have a daughter right now that literally could start a cafe because she is so great at cooking mm-hmm. and baking wow. and all kinds of things. And the things she will always say, like if she's trying a new recipe, which she loves to do, she'll out, I'm going to be a failure. Just FYI, this is going to be terrible. And she's like, and in the terrible, I'll learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. And wow. it's like, yes, she, they've taught me so much, but they never would have been able to do those things if I hadn't parked my own fear. My fear of them actually, you know, they they would whine at times, and one of them I'll never forget picking him up from school, and he's like telling the carpool person, "I have to cook dinner tonight. My mom is so mean," you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it was almost like he was outing it, but at the same time, it was sort of a badge of honor because yes. when he said, "I'm the only person I know that has to do this," at that point, he kind of was one of the only people. And I'm telling you, it did something to put in his backpack this phenomenal set of tools which they use to this day. I have, you know, as your kids get older, there's these online systems that you have to get on for the school and stuff like that to be able to know what's going on. As this child is in high school right now, I don't even know how to sign on to the thing because they're offended when I get involved in it because they go talk to their counselors. They go right. handle everything. They wow. do it all. They figure it and out. And it makes them feel good. Yeah. Yes. And that's sort of like even right. the cooking thing. Yeah. Last night I felt terrible. I was like, why would I, you know, maybe he's not great at cooking this kid and that's why he goes slow. I sent him a message I never intended to do because I actually do believe he can do pretty much anything he puts his mind to. And we can do it collectively. When we see it going down the pike where things, messages like entitlement are winning, the great news is we aren't victims. Chuck Colson, yeah. great Chuck Colson always said, culture doesn't change people. People change culture. And we can do this, especially, especially fueled by truth. Because right. these humans that are next to you, they are the Imago Day. They have giftedness and purpose woven within their sinews that they were created to do on this planet for each other and for themselves. And it's sort of like, please let me get out of the way. Please may they be equipped and enabled. And it's the equipping that is just putting these things on their plate. And it can be as simple as doing the laundry. Wow, Denny, that was such a powerful conversation with Kay and so many practical tips for helping us see how we can encourage our kids to be grateful, encourage our kids to not be entitled. We want to see this change in our kids, and it has to start with us. We have to be intentional about the message that we want to send them and the skills that we want them to have. It's such a great reminder. Yes, it is, Rebecca. I love what Kay reinforced there. I mean, that... (laughs) We, we do need to be clear that we're not giving our kids chores and responsibilities because we don't want to do these tasks. Mm, <laughs> I, yep. I mean, that could be, right, a message yep. that our kids think, oh, they just don't want to vacuum or they don't want to do that. And they're using us as slaves uh, in this home to, <laughs> yes. to, to conquer the house. And uh, that's not what this is about. It's, nope. it's really, we need to explain our kids that it's important to learn Uh, how to serve in the home and the benefits of that and how it's going to benefit them in their relationships in the future, their jobs, that God created us to work before even sin entered the world. This is part of our design to work and to serve and to to be able to stretch ourselves and to love others through, through our work. In our home, Rebecca, we've talked about 
this, and I've mentioned this here before, being contributors rather than consumers. Yes. And I have to remind myself of that, even in uh, when I enter the house, how am I being a contributor to my wife? How am I being a contributor to my kids? Instead of expecting that I've worked all day and I'm coming home and what should already be done, instead the question is, how can I be of health? Beautiful. And th- that's really what... Uh, Kay's talking about. How can we be helpful to one another? Uh, and changing their tendency to feel entitled may take a while. We have to be, yeah, we have to remember patient. that, that it's, yep. it's going to be a long game here, but you need to persevere as a parent with your message of love and responsibility because it's going to be worth it. Yes. We need to make sure that we're showing them that we love them, that there's grace for the journey. That's what I hear you saying, Danny. And that's why, because we love them. That's why we want them to take on responsibility. We're setting them up well for their life. And if you're listening and you would like to learn more about tackling entitlement in your kids, get a copy of Kay's book, Cleaning House, A Mom's 12-Month Experiment to Rid Her Home of Youth Entitlement. We have that here at Focus on the Family, available for a gift of any amount. This podcast is possible because of your financial support, so please donate and get the book today. All the details are in the show notes. Well, it's time for our weekly Q&A. This week's question comes from a dad named Charlie who asked, no matter what I do, my kids will not do the chores I've assigned to them. And then I end up doing them. How can I get them to do as I asked and with a good attitude? Great question. What a great question, isn't it? Charlie, Mm -hmm. thanks for sending this in. My guess is that there's no consequence in place for them if they don't get the chores done. That's my first mm-hmm. guess here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charlie, maybe there is, but uh, generally, if if kids are responding this way, there's there's most likely a lot of privileges that they're they're getting, and they don't feel an urgency to change anything. And you probably feel tired and frustrated and hoping that they're going to respond to that. Uh, with empathy, and then uh, see you cleaning up after them. And you probably tolerate quite a bit and then pop. And they were waiting for that yelling, and they may promise for a moment and then uh, reset. So your kids need to have some type of positive and uh, negative consequences. Negative being the fact that maybe some things are taken away until they, they can be trusted as contributors in your home. And so when you're a contributor in the home, you get to to benefit from all the privileges of the home. And that includes Mm. possibly using certain electronics, uh, going certain places, having time with certain friends. Those are privileges and not rights in the home. And you get to have that when you're a contributor, kind of like membership, right? <laughs> yeah. You paid your dues, and now you get these these privileges along the way. And you can also put some positive consequences. Hey, as we conquer the house together, this is our home, and we need to conquer it, all of us together. When we do that, we get to celebrate as a family. And that's something I've talked about before here, that you can set up a jar just to keep track of everyone participating and as you guys get chores done, as you get um, accomplished things around the house, put in cotton balls or rocks or paper clips and or marbles and fill up the the jar. And once it's filled to a certain level, 
Make sure you have a menu that your kids have contributed to of things you'll do as a family to celebrate mm. as a family as you celebrate conquering the home. And uh, make sure your kids are part of the chore planning. Some kids, and this has happened in our home, uh, <laughs> Rebecca, my son says, I absolutely hate vacuuming. I will wash dishes. I will load the dishwasher. I'll do all the kitchen. Anything but. But I do not like vacuuming. (laughs) Yeah. So he said, all right, you do need to learn vacuuming, but we get it. So we're, we're, and my daughter has said, I love vacuuming mm. and I don't like the dishes. That works well. And so that works fantastic. And so we, we've been able to learn each other's strengths and weaknesses in the chore area or interests and motivations and imperfectly have been figuring out the whole chore thing um, in, in our own home. And just know this is a challenge for most families yes. doing chores in the house and, uh, you get to be creative along the way. What are your thoughts, Rebecca? Well, I, I remember reading a book and it had this ad- advice. It was a parenting book, you know, that said, Hey, in these kind of situations where kids are not, you know, contributing in the way that you asked, not being obedient, you know, not helping out, you can just kind of say, Hey, you know what? Because you didn't do that or you didn't obey um, and you didn't listen, you didn't do your chores, that really zapped my energy. And so my, my energy is kind of tapped out. So, you know, that, that trip that we were going to do to Walgreens to get that one thing that you wanted with your pocket money, we're not going to be able to do that today because I just I'm exhausted from kind of picking up those chores that you didn't do. That was your role within the home. That was your contribution to the home. And I think we can kind of have a little bit of a... I don't know. It doesn't have to be like heavy handed. Um, mm-hmm. It can kind of have a little bit of a, not the sense of humor about it, but kind of, you know, um, a, a bit of a lightness to it. But it also has that weight to it because um, there are what you're saying, Danny, natural consequences to them not pulling their weight within the home. And they do need to feel that. And, and it right. will make a difference when they feel it. So, mm-hmm. Charlie, we just thank you so much for your question. It's very practical, very relevant to all of us. Um, and if you are listening and you have a question for us, please send it in. We would love to answer it. You can click the link in the show notes or go to practicemixparent.com and click the button on the side of our show page to submit a voicemail. And we hope that this episode gave you the practical steps you need to help show your kids the importance of hard work and responsibility. Yes, it's such an important topic, and that's why we love doing this podcast. It truly is a joy because our goal is to equip parents like you with practical tools that you can use in your everyday life with your kids. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dr. Danny Huerta. And I'm Rebecca St. James. Join us next week for more tips for transforming your parenting on Practice Makes Parent. Hey parents, Parent here. If you're searching for biblical and practical tips for your kid's specific age, you know, with all that extra time you have, well, you can stop. Focus on the Family has weekly agent stage emails that bring the tips to you. Each week, I get an email for my son that I can read on my phone and put directly into practice. No more sifting through junk on the internet. I can focus my time on being intentional. It's easy. Visit mykidsage.com, add your kid's age, and get to parenting better. That's mykidsage.com.